Hello and welcome to Riot Act, the alternative music podcast. This is the Rioteers Review. My name's Stephen Hill. His name's Renfrey Dedman. Hello. Hello, Renfrey Dedman. How are you? Stephen Hill. I'm very well. How are you? I'm all right. Thank you, mate. Very, very well. Looking forward to this. Uh, The Rioteers Review. Yeah. The Rioteers Review uh, is where you, over on patreon.com forward slash Riot Podcast, our patrons, can suggest an album for Renfrey and I to go and listen to and dissect and have a little look at and just have a quick chat about. Now, that's for any amount of money, um, whether it be a, a pound or 4.99 anything above that five pound that is uh you get access to our classic album series where we pick don't talk down a classic to the no no this is a sell don't don't interrupt this is important um you get uh two classic albums a month that we go very very much in depth to the reason i bring that up and i won't let you interrupt me with whatever no, shit no, you're about on. to yeah, say yeah, yeah, yeah. uh is because this this week on a rioters review um, this is a Rioters review and it's not a classic album, but I feel like it's going to sit sort of somewhere in between those two things because in another world, in another universe, um, this may well have been picked at some point as a classic album, maybe by me, if I'd really thought about it that much. Um, because as suggested by Tierney, thank you, mate. Thank you for your contribution to the podcast. We are picking the debut studio album by Aldershot post-hardcore heroes, 100 Reasons, Ideas Above Our Station, which was released on the 20th of May, 2002. Um, I've kind of spunked it already a little bit by going, this could have been a classic album. And I really feel like there's enough around this to sort of justify quite a long podcast, to be honest, Renfrey. I, I reckon this will be quite a long rioters review. Um, it absolutely could have been a contender. Absolutely, 100%. Um, <clears throat> there's an awful lot of journalists our age i'd actually say more i mean not to, i don't want to push you out of the conversation steve but more my age really just because this record came out when i was 17 uh i'm sure it's very important to you as well but you know what i mean mm. by like when you're a teenager this stuff really fucking matters to you um and um who would have absolutely whacked this in as a classic album um i have to say i love hundred reasons and we'll go into that a lot um, uh, over this over the next probably hour. I'm guessing this is going to be, um, yeah, but least, yeah. but um, but I'm not. I don't think it's the absolute stonewall class. I don't think this album is the absolute stonewall classic that some people say it is. But we will get onto that. If this isn't the classic, then I guess they don't have a classic. <laughs> yes, yes, they do. EP one, but we'll get into that later. Uh, <laughs> I don't think you can call e- a three-track EP a classic album, though. If can it, you? Not a classic album, but if it's eleven minutes and it's perfect, then uh, I think you uh. can. Well, let's start talking, I mean, first about 100 Reasons. And I suppose, I mean, as a little, just as a little um, something that we're going to get into in a little bit, I found the Kerrang! with A on the front cover from the 18th of May 2002. Lead review, Reasons to be Cheerful. 100 Reasons finally finally released their stunning debut album. Mm. Um, it and really was finally, chat. wasn't it? It really was yeah, finally. And there's, there's yeah, there's a, a lot of chat about uh, in this uh, a review, which is a great review. I'll read it out in a little bit by Emma Johnson, um, about hype and hyperbole yeah. and all the stuff that was going into like, oh, you know, it's, it's coming, it's coming, the new 100 Reasons album, which yeah. now seems 
fucking mad to think <laughs> that it, there was, you know, a kind of debut album by a post-hardcore band was getting this kind of hype. Um, but a hundred reasons, you know, they're, they're different to the likes of, you know, when you think of the other bands that got quite big around that time, um, took Pitch Shifter a few albums uh, before people started really paying attention to them, took One Minute Silence post their album coming out and a lot of kind of, you know, uh, controversial live shows uh, and we're well, not even controversial, but kind of like big live shows. Um, Raging Speed On was sort of there and thereabouts, but it was a sort of slow build for them. Lost Profits, people think were like these media darlings, but actually um, when their album came out, it was dropped with very, very, very little fanfare whatsoever. Hundred reasons yeah, were yeah. actually were, just just to, just to jump on that, it's worth worth remembering that lot, the Lost Profits fakes out of progress only really got traction when it was re released about a year later, wasn't yeah. it? Didn't it? Yeah, yeah. Sorry. I mean, they were opening a bill <laughs> with, um, they were the first band on a bill that contained Earth Tone Nine, Stamping Ground, and Miocene mm -hmm. above them. Now you can't imagine that that was playing particularly big venues, and they were the opening band on it, mm. and Fake Santa Progress was already out. So, you know, it was not the big, like, oh, people are pushing this band. And, you know, it's a very grassroots build for Lost Profits. And I think it was for 100 Reasons too. But I think the point is they waited so long before their album came out that by the time it finally did come out, there was a lot of hype surrounding it. And I think we'll talk about what I think that means or what we think that means for the sort of change in the scene and the scenery around them and why that was probably quite a good idea for them to wait uh, that long. But um, but I guess how did they get to that point in the first place is the, the thing that we first need to talk about. I mean, when was your first introduction to 100 Reasons? I mean, maybe I should do mine first since mine was probably before yours, but I don't know. I mean, I don't know. Go on. When was the... Marianne Hobbs, Radio 1 Rock Show, uh, hearing Clear... Um, which is the last song on EP1. It's actually called Clear Flawed. Flawed. Um, uh, the best 100 Reasons song. Mm, yes. Don't know about that. Yes. No. Yes. And um, uh, yeah, I heard that song. I was just like, what the fuck is this? Um, and yeah, um, followed them uh, astutely and just pretty much followed all of their movements and what they were doing. Went to see them live numerous times before this album even came out. I, I'm I'm guessing. I'm just having. A, I've got EP one in front of me. I'm just trying to guess when it actually came out. Two thousand. Yeah. So it was two years. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And it was hearing that song and just thinking that is fucking amazing. And then picking up the EP not long afterwards and think it was incredible. Picking up the Remus EP not long after that. Uh, yeah, and just, 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 I mean, as a live proposition, I'm sure you saw them live around this time. I'm guessing maybe Stegel even played a few shows with them potentially. They are one of the few bands that we didn't play with from really? around that, that time. We never How shared a stage of 100 Reasons. They're mm. one of the only ones, actually, that I can think of. But you that did we see didn't them. get to play you, with. You saw them, didn't you? I saw Countless them probably times, about 15 times yeah. before. Yeah. I mean, I saw, I, I'd seen them three times before EP1 came out. Fuck. Right. Okay. So go on. Tell me your. So they're from, they're from Aldershot in Hampshire, which is obviously where I'm near, very near to where I'm from. And Jetpack and Floor, I believe, with the band. So Larry Hibbert was in Jetpack, and the other four were in Floor. And they brought in Larry, and they changed their name to Hundred Reasons. And there were people like Basingstoke and Aldershot quite close together, mm -hmm. um, but not close enough that we would 
sort of see each other's bands or know that much about each other's bands. But you know, I'm, imagine, um, I'm imagining a West Side Story scenario: Jets versus Sharks. No, no, Jetpack <laughs> versus Steggle. Uh, yeah, <laughs> no. Um, so, but you know, it was something where you'd kind of keep an eye on what people from different bands might say. Oh, I saw this band, I saw, and, and I was aware that there was quite a sort of healthy scene in Aldershot. Vex Red also came from Aldershot as well. Ruben, um, a little bit later, but Ruben, although Ruben were around at this time. Ruben, Ruben, so we did play with Ruben, um, nice. uh, it, probably in the middle of that, but Ruben were called Angel at that yes, point. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, and Jamie Lenman, uh, we played with him on an Easter Sunday in a pub in Farnborough, mm. in a sort of working man's club. Right. And I remember... Um, they they wouldn't turn the Merseyside derby was on Everton against Liverpool and they wouldn't turn that off while we were playing. <laughs> they wouldn't turn it was just but they wouldn't turn that on. I was like, can we turn the football off? Like, <laughs> I want to watch the Merseyside derby, but can we turn it? I'm in the same room as well. It's not even like they had to walk through. Literally, people watching the football while we were playing. That's just the worst of both worlds, though, isn't it? You know, it's yeah. the worst of both worlds. Like, what an imbecile! I mean, that sort of imbecilic behaviour you'd get from uh, landlords or whatever all the time. Yeah. I had to contend with all sorts of shit like that. But yeah, fuck yeah. hell. Um, and I do remember Jamie, I think I've said this before, Jamie Lenman came on and did a couple of songs and then said, I'm sorry about our shit support band. <laughs> uh, <laughs> which I never let him forget, ever. Um, but anyway, yeah, so we were we were sort of aware of uh, this these sort of Aldershot bands and, um, and a, a review of 100 Reasons came up in Kerrang! when they supported Kitty at the garage in sort of late 1999. And Kerrang said, this is the best new band. And basically, it was it was like a sort of page on Kitty, but the main picture was Colin. It was Colin, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was like, I think it was 3Ks, and it just went most rocking moment. All that was 100. I can't find it, but it was definitely, mm. whoever reviewed it just went, the support band are amazing. That rings And then well. this yeah. sort of shitty new metal band came on. Mm. Um, and yeah, and, and I was like, oh, that's, that's interesting. And then I bought, at a show in Bournemouth, um, when you know used to have little sort of CD and record fairs at the back on a sort of all day or whatever, there'd be people selling merch and stuff. Distros, distros. Yeah, um, I bought the. I think it was called Commercial Breakdown. I mean, this is one of the things that, as I just said to you before we started recording, is quite sad. I've now found out that due to me deciding to try and get rid of all my CDs or get rid of most of my CDs or whatever, just picking up stuff and trying to like declutter this house. I have got rid of a lot of really rare shit and this is one of them. And also the EP2 and EP1 by 100 Reasons, Remus and Cerebra, I also appear to have thrown away like a fucking idiot. But it's all right because I've still got the greatest hits of Simple Minds up there. So... (laughs) And Uh, the Mystique album. Didn't get rid of the Mystique album. Oh, no, no, no. I've kept that. Uh, Yeah, this, this yeah. this is why I don't get rid of stuff. Um, I mean, you're, you're, um, probably all right, mate. I reckon if you really, really wanted to pick it up again, you probably wouldn't be able to pick up a new copy, but you could, I'm looking on Discogs here and they, they are available for, um, uh, oh, there's a mint one here for $2, no, €2.49. So, you know, all right. the world. Okay, cool. Well, that's, that's, that's putting my mind at rest somewhat. Um, but anyway, so I picked up, uh, uh, what was it called? Commercial um, commercial Breakdown. And it was basically a split album uh, with about four or five bands on it. And it had Neck Break, who became Dead Life Portrait, a.k.a. the greatest band this country has ever produced. 
um, who okay. have, I've got about a fucking amazing band. I'm, so I know you like them, but I'm going to have to shrug because I've not actually heard them. But yeah, go no, on. no, they're brilliant. Um, and um, it had Raging Speed on on it, two Raging Speed on songs, and it had 200 Reasons songs on it as well. Yeah, and I was also, like, oh, there's that band. Juice, Boghead, Breakneck, Tribute to Nothing, Earshot, Breakneck, yeah, Earth Tone Nine, Vacant Stare. Yes, it would have. Oh, that's why I got it because it was Earth Tone Nine were headlining that gig, so I think they might have been selling it. I see. Um, yeah, so obviously Vacant Stare were quite a big deal at the time. I say a big deal. They were like getting quite a bit of hype around. They were getting them. some hype. Yeah, a big yeah. deal. Yeah, yeah, big deal. Yeah, yeah. Big deal. A big deal. They were a big deal. <laughs> it was. Um, it was. It was them and Metallica, wasn't it? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> the old summer sanitarium tour, Guns and Roses, Metallica, and Vacant Stare. Uh, swapping headlining duties, obviously. <laughs> yeah. Um, mainly because Axel didn't want to follow Vacant Stare. Well, I think that's why he was so angry, wasn't he? Um, <laughs> uh, anyway, <laughs> that anyway, me. it's quite a good, quite a good, quite a good little. Um, EP that, but yeah, it's got 200, 200 reason songs, which I don't think have ever been on anything else. I was gonna say, mate, um, there's one's called Different, the other's called Wireframe, and I don't think I've heard these songs. Different is, and but, but I remember hearing it and being like, oh, they're they're basically a sort of metal band, mm. they're kind of a Will Haven y metal band. Like, both those songs are really heavy, mm. really, really fucking heavy. So I was like, oh, cool, like, I was sort of under the impression they were more of a rock band, but different, particularly, is really really kind of will haveny screamy it's really good i don't know i mean i'm sure you'll be able to find it on the internet somewhere i'm sure this you will. this this one is rare there is only one for sale at the moment and it ships from japan wow it's not, how it's much not, it's uh four dollars but the shipping will cost you eleven dollars i mean i would say it's probably worth it right. for that amount of money okay for the two very if you're a fan of like music from that time it's probably it's got two earth nine songs in it which i believe have both been on low definition discord or uh, off kilter enhancement. Bu- 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 grind and click and off kilter yeah 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 yeah, yeah. so <clears throat> they're already available um but the hundred reasons ones and neck break who went on to become dead life portrait it's also worth having for them uh it, does, it does say break neck sorry to disturb you uh, disturb you <laughs> to correct you but it says it yeah says sorry break that here. break neck that's it i was thinking what they called anyway they went on to become dead life portrait uh really really brilliant band and um so it's incidentally i am it. i incidentally i am sorry to disturb you just generally over the last two years as well yeah that's right don't <laughs> worry. um and then uh before the ep1 came out there was a thing in Kerrang going oh like which is probably looking back at it now it's probably some sort of drumming up hype thing they did five gigs in london on one night hundred reasons, 100 reasons. Ah. yeah Okay. And one of them, the first one of the evening, was opening for A at the Electric Ballroom, which I was going to. Ah, okay. So I was like, oh, well, I'm going to get down there super early. Well, you always choose uh, A over everyone else, don't you? I did, yeah. I mean, on that particular line, I'm not sure. Still do. Um, <laughs> still will continue to do that into my my twilight years. Uh, <laughs> but... um. So I don't know who else they were supporting, but I think they were they they basically they were added to the bottom of the bill right. of the A show, and they were like they're going to be on straight away. And so me being like you know keen as mustard to see this band, I went down and it's I keep. Well, it's a, that's a saying, isn't it? Is it? Oh, sorry, I've never heard Have it before. Have you never heard the saying <laughs> "keen as mustard"? No, you're joking. I'm googling it, mate. I don't believe it. I don't believe you're going to look like a fucking idiot when you Google that and everyone's like, keen as mustard at everything. 
yeah, yeah, it is a saying. Carry on. Of course it is. <laughs> I've never heard it in my life. Are you joking? No. It's, wow, it's I think we need to do a special It's a British informal saying. It means extremely eager or enthusiastic. I've never yeah. heard it. Sorry. Carry on. I, you are the only... Everyone else listening is going, really? <laughs> like, do, do tweet us <laughs> if you are stunned yeah, that Renfrey's never heard the term keen as mustard. I don't I, know what to say. I don't know how you've managed that. Um, anyway. Uh, uh, electric ballroom, A, 100 reasons, yeah. Yes, so I queued up sort of an hour before doors, which I pretty much stopped doing by the time I got to about 20, um, which is something you do when you're a kid. You're like, yeah, queue oh, up yeah. and get the first person in. Oh, yeah. um, but I really wanted to see him. So I queued up for about an hour before the doors opened. I was like third person in. They opened the door, took a ticket, walked down, and 100 Reasons were basically on stage in front yeah. of about six people. Love it when and that happens. Like, oh, Love oh, yeah, it when that happens. Oh, yeah, they must have been delighted. Yeah. I mean, I suppose just due to what they were doing that day, it would have made it would have made sense. Um, I, if my memory serves, A had some really quite crap support bands that night as well. So it was doubly annoying that I'd got there really early and then I had to sit through whatever other shit there was before yeah. A finally came on. Um, Probably cult of, I was, cult of Luna and A Williams, I imagine. Yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was Carrie and Midget. Carrie and Midget. My goodness me. Uh, okay. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Um, anyway. Uh, but I was really, really impressed by Hundred Reasons. Really impressed. That we should we should take a minute to say what a fucking amazing live band they were at that time. I mean, you said mm. you saw them about fifteen times. Certainly didn't see them fifteen times, but I saw them every fucking opportunity I got before the record came yeah. out, and I'm sure I saw them at least half that, if not more. I mean, I was Bristol. I was closer. You could get into London easier than I could, couldn't you? But oh mm-hmm. my god, they were just so incendiary live um and they just they i mean people did wang on and on and on and on about how they were the best live band in the uk at the time and was probably a pretty good shout for it like it's difficult to think of another uk based band who were as good as they were at that point in time mm-hmm. do you think of another one? i mean Dead Life Portrait were okay, right, yeah. uh, but um, <laughs> sorry, they were, but um, but yes, there was. I mean, back that was around the time where people had sort of seen Dillinger now, and they were like, okay, or at the driving was about to happen, wasn't it? And people were sort of going, yeah. doing the kind of you know jolty off time, like throwing them, really throwing themselves around, yeah, as yeah, opposed yeah. to the new metal stand on the spot and bob yeah. up and down yeah, thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and the, I remember, you just reminded me because there was all those comparisons with Cedric just because of the afros, all that lazy yeah. journalism. It was like, oh, it's it's the British at the driving because he has mm. an afro. But I mean, yeah. they did sound somewhat alike as well. But, you know. Yeah, yeah I mean, certainly I would say to a layman. I mean, layman. this is the other thing that we'll talk about is that in 2000, when this was happening, post-hardcore was not big in this country like it was this is you know this is very much the linkin park and you know particularly yeah i would have thought we were still waiting on the relationship of command to come out at that point um because well it's just celebrated its uh 20th birthday as we record a couple of days ago yeah yeah Yeah, so i mean this is probably sort of april time Mm. um that i remember seeing 100 reasons you know march april time it was definitely early enough in the year well um would we have been waiting for relationship commands come out i mean i think for a lot of people relationship command was the first quote unquote at the mm. driving record so yeah yeah well i was i'd already 
I'd already seen them and I owned in Casino out because I was a proper punk. There he is. Um, (laughs) 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 Uh, um, Anyway, yeah. uh, So they were really, but you're right. They were fucking great. And I remember thinking, wow, considering there's like A's drum kit and then you get the support band setting up in front of that drum kit. Where 100 Reasons was setting up in front of that drum kit. So there was literally three drum kits on the stage at the Electric Ballroom, which holds about 1,200 people. It's not a massive stage. It's a sizable enough stage, but it's not absolutely humongous. And um, they were sort of trying to move around, but there wasn't really any room. And, you know, they obviously, it was an empty venue. There was about 30 people there. And I remember being like, oh, it's really lucky that I get to see them in front of such a tiny amount of people, thinking that they were going to blow up really quickly. Obviously, that didn't happen. And I probably saw them to less people at least another eight, ten times in that period anyway. Um, And uh, but but I was really, really impressed. Mm. I was really, really impressed. And when I heard that, I think EP1 got um, single of the week in Kerrang. Yep. And I think it got five, it would have got five Ks. And that's that point that I remember being like, I have to go into London to find this. Or I have to go somewhere to find it because it's not going to be in Basingstoke or Andover or mm-hmm. Reading or where it might have been in Reading, but like I have to go into So I went into London basically just to walk around to find it. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Absolutely. And I found, and I found it. Absolutely uh, deserved as well. Five Ks for that yeah. EP. I mean, I've already spunked Brilliant. it and said it's a perfect, perfect EP, but it's pretty much 11 minutes of perfect British um turn of the millennium melodic post hardcore it yeah, is it's it, absolutely excellent it is it is in my opinion i mean i know it sounds like a facetious thing to say like oh yeah the first thing they ever did blah 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 objectively it's the best thing untundered reasons ever did ep1 it's I, fucking incredible i think it the the dynamics and the um the songwriting on 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 just on cerebra mm-hmm, on its own mm-hmm, is so like mature and so ahead of ahead of the game and and again when I, like when i first put that on and cerebra came in and i was like oh that's the riff from i will follow by you two yep. that they've nicked there yep. um and they have yep. uh, which is fine because is fine. you can if you're going to rip a band off rip off the best band ever i'd say um <laughs> but they nicked that what dead life from... portrait <laughs> yeah, i'm yeah. so confused uh, <laughs> well, they're the best best British band. Ever, Dead Life Portrait. <laughs> you two aren't a British band. I can't fucking um, find them on Discogs, you know. Is Dead Life Portrait? No, no. One, one, um, one demo, one four track demo is all they released. Oh, I think. Of course, they're the best fucking British band of all time. Classic. Mate, Steve you should have seen it live. You should have seen it live. <laughs> well, I can't. Can I? No, no, no. <laughs> if you saw that shit live, you would just be like, "Oh, holy shit!" <laughs> it's so. It was like watching Wilhaven and Neurosis. And like at the drive-in all at the same time. It's so it's um, so brand Stephen Hill that the best thing ever is something that you will never be able to see. <laughs> That's so Why can't I? People got about how good Caius were. Now you'll never see Caius. Uh, true, 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 true. Yeah. EP1's amazing. So EP1's amazing. And I, but at first I was like, oh, it's a bit more melodic and a, it's not quite as heavy. And, you know, I, did, I was like, oh, it's very different. And I think, you know, the influence of Larry Hibbert Mm-hmm. And I think we'll probably talk about how I think important it was that um, that uh, that that uh, Paul Townsend, the guitarist who's now who left the band, I think it's quite a big deal that he left the band. Actually, yes. Paul and Larry with Colin's voice, who could really sing and could also had an amazing scream on him. Mm-hmm. I was like, God, this is a really really exciting mix. It was such a huge jump from those from songs like, like I had been smashing those two songs on that 
EP on, on that album was like, they're brilliant, they're brilliant. And then I saw it live and I was like, they're great. But fuck me, that was some step up, mm-hmm. EP one. Mm-hmm. It's brilliant, you know, it's really, really great. So it's Cerebra, Clear Flawed, and the other song is Slow called, Learner. Oh, fucking slow slow learner. learner. I mean, Slow Learner yeah. is the worst of the three and it's fucking mm. amazing. Um, yeah. uh, I'm guessing you think Cerebra is the best. So, I mean, I, I do. I'm I go with I think clear. it might be the. I think I think it might be the best song they've ever done. Um, Cerebra is a brilliant song, and it should definitely be top five of any Hundred Reasons list. I would say. Um, you just picked up the Garrison split though as well, haven't you? And there's some Ca- fucking counting the date. Yeah, counting the days is yeah, yeah, yeah. Really good as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was 2001. Garrison Hundred Reasons EP. That's a great split as well. Great, yeah, it's brilliant. Great, great. Two EP. brilliant bands. So they did EP one, and I felt like you know, single the week in Kerrang, sort of building a bit in it. They seem to be playing with a lot of people. Do you know what I mean? They seem to be opening for a lot of bands. I said, you know, I saw them with A. I saw them open for um, Hunt uh, for Rival Schools. Rival Schools' first ever show at the what was what is now the uh, not the boston music room what's the one above the, the, the f- dome, the dome. Mm-hmm. yeah the dome it's the first time i ever first time i ever went to the dome in um tufnell park was to see rival schools when they just had the rival schools united by one line drawing ep oh nice nice and 100 reasons of a main support nice that would have been a nice night yeah it was great yes, um it was really good and 100 reasons I mean, it was at that point, having seen them, like we went up to Oxford like, to quite a lot back then. And Alan Day, who we talk about mm-hmm. a lot, who's mm-hmm. booked Sonosphere and stuff and has booked 100 Reasons from sort of, you know, year dot, basically. He would put them on a lot. So we'd yep. see them at the Wheat Sheaf or yep. um, at the Zodiac mm-hmm. uh, quite a lot. And I think they played they played a few gigs in, in Portsmouth that we went down to. I think they probably played um, the... Joiners in Southampton. I think we saw that the joiners in Southampton, me and me and my mates. And yeah, like kind of anywhere, anytime they played around Guildford, which is, you know, it's local to them. So I was seeing yeah. them play Guildford. I think we saw that we did go to Aldershot once to see them. Um they support yeah, I saw them a lot. Prime, a lot, a lot. Primary places I saw them were the Fleece in Bristol. In fact, the best hundred reasons gig I ever saw was at the Fleece in Bristol. Um, mm. which was I think Remus was out. I think Remus had just come out. It was that yeah. kind of era. And uh, the other venue in Bristol. <laughs> the boat. What's the fucking boat called? The Thecla and um, the Louisiana were the mm. main ones that I saw them at in Bristol. But yeah. So EP1 comes out in 2000. It's on Fierce Panda, which is obviously a little label. Mm-hmm. EP2 um 6th of august 2001 that's remus the remus single yep. which again is really good um really good yeah it released on columbia mm. so they got a fucking major label deal and i think oh, one of the other times that they played with they were supporting no they weren't supporting they were doing a dual headliner with cap down oh right? yes oh you went to mm. that yes yes mm. yes so they played in oxford with cap down and and having probably seen them like about this point sort of seven eight nine times they turned up in a tour bus Capdown was still in a van 100 reasons had a fucking tour and it was like this is weird Fuck. like suddenly they've got a tour bus yeah and so uh, columbia money yeah 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 i mean we and have to remember if that was 2001 that was peak music industry money yeah big time mm-hmm. that was that was the peak year 
So mm. yeah, mm. it really was. I mean, at this point, and at this point, you know, they hadn't. I think well after Remus, I'm looking at it now. Remus got to number forty-seven in the UK singles chart. Um, the Garrison Hundred Reasons split actually came out um, about three weeks after Remus was released. Right. Oh, I didn't realize yeah. that. That's cool. Mm. They're also, I mean, they're also on um, uh, another, they were on the front cover of the Melody Maker. Um, Melody Maker released a, a, a sort of, you know, best of the year, Born to Do It, it was called. And it was sort of taking a piss out of Craig David. And that would have been like 2001. Mm. And they, they were on that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was actually, here it is. I'm looking at it now. Born to do it better. October 2000. Change of season was on that. Change of season is another, another fucking brilliant song. Um, and I was like, oh, you know, because that Born to do it better had like Slipknot on it, mm-hmm. and it had a Titanic, and it had loads of like cool shit on it as well. And I was maybe like, oh fucking hell, hundred reasons getting on this big comp. Um, yeah. Uh, and yeah, and then, and they signed to a major label, which back then was just like. Even in 2001, when Lost Profits were starting to get a bit more traction and, you know, people, I think obviously Earth Tone 9 had probably split up at that point, but there were people, you know, Speed On, Pit Shifter, Hellas for One Heroes. Minute Silence, Hellas for Heroes is Hell is, a big one. Hell is for Heroes, yeah. Certainly this felt like it was the beginning of a lot of melodic British post-hardcore bands being signed up by um, major labels um getting a taste of that kind of uh lifestyle for one album then being dropped more or less uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> pretty much yeah uh, yeah we'll go into that but i mean it, you know it just was it felt kind of un- like to me i remember being like some fucking band from all this band from Aldershot yeah. who were really good yeah, yeah. signed to columbia that's yeah. mental it was great and i think it was brilliant they though. were yeah yeah it was must have been they must have been one of the first ones I would have thought so. Yeah, I would have thought Certainly so. Certainly from that scene, mm. definitely. Yeah, maybe maybe they were maybe they were, yeah. Um Yeah. Uh and 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 and, and there was and I think it was because there just was all this ridiculous hype around them. And and I think it was justified, you know, absolutely I yeah. think it was justified. Well, they continued like every time they put a new song out or every time they put an album out. I mean, you know, after they released um after they released Remus uh, as a single, they then released, you know, EP3, which again only came out sort of four months after after um, EP2 came out. In fact, not even for August, September, October, November. Yeah, four months. December. December 15th, 2001 is when EP3 came out. And EP3 is uh, I'll Find You. Yes. As So it's the first single from, from what album. would become... Yeah ideas above our station yeah. uh, and it was the first time they got in the charts that reached number 37 in the uk singles chart uh and but was still weirdly not treated as sort of the first single from the new album so i was like okay cool they're still on a fucking on a bit of a run although i have to say at the time i remember getting ep3 and i'll find you and being like this is really good but i do feel like Although I still really like it, they're getting worse with every release. Yes, I felt the same thing. 
personally. Mm. Um, no, I mean, getting worse is a very, is a very, very, very harsh, harsh way to put it. But um, there was definitely a magic about EP. What I've already, I just said it is perfect. It's a perfect eleven minutes. Um, EP two was a fucking fantastic follow up, and. Um, yeah, I remember not thinking all that much of I'll Find You the first time I heard it at all, really. Um, uh, which is sort of a ridiculous thing to say, because I think I Find You is a great song. Um, but um, but um, first time I heard it, because because of what had come before, I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, I was a bit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. so that would have been the... And, and it was weird because having seen them live so many times, I mean, this is a thing that I want to sort of hammer home before we talk about the actual album. I remember buying the album and looking on the back and being like, okay, well, I think that one's that one. Looking through the, the lyrics and going, I know all of these songs because I've seen this band yeah. so many fucking times. And I was going like, to me, Falter was like, this has got yeah. to be a single. Yeah, yeah. Like, surely this is going to be the lead single. Um, if I could, I was like, surely this is going to be a single. Um, there, you know, silver, there were, surely Silver. Were they playing Silver much. at that point? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I just thought that was a weird little one that Paul sang. Oh. Okay. Mm. I was like, I don't really see that being a single, to be honest. But the but, uh, the songs that Paul sang were amongst the best songs they ever did. Yeah. I mean, I. I well, we should probably wait until we talk yeah, about yeah, 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 the yeah, actual yeah. album itself. Um, but anyway, yeah. I mean, having seen them live so many times, there was shit like, I mean. Drowning was one that I remember being like, fucking hell, this is great. And I mean, I think you're probably referring to Oratorio when you talk about the best Paul song, the best song singing. on the debut album. Yep. Uh, it's a fucking good shout. I mean, it probably is. Yep. To be fair. I'm um, stunned. That was, I, 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 I checked it this morning because I was like, that must have been released as a single. Nope. It doesn't sound like a single though. Oh, Come on. Fault as a single. Mm. Fault to me, I remember hearing it live and going, okay, well, you've written a single. I mean, Oratorio is a better version of Fault. No, it isn't. It's, yes, heavy. it's too heavy. It's too heavy. <laughs> it's, not got a it's not even got a chorus. It just goes, it goes all over the place. This is why there's I no shouldn't way. choose, this is why yeah, I shouldn't you, choose singles. Like, <laughs> there's no way that that, it is, probably is the best song yeah, on the record. I, think I mean, it it's the best. I'm, it, Yes, it is the best song on the record. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I love If I Could. I think it's fucking yeah, amazing. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But it's between those two. And I think Oratorio is, when when that comes on, I'm always like, wow, yeah. this is unbelievable. It, it, Whereas, it, is, it is that, isn't it? It's wow. And it still mm. hasn't lost its power. 18 years later, I listened to this again. I, I didn't need to listen to this to do this, but no. I, why the fuck wouldn't you put this record on? It's great. Um, no. And... Um, just that little riff coming in the do, 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 do. and it's so, so quiet and the dynamics of it and then when the chord comes crashing in it's like so strap yourself in again it it it's hair raising every single time mm. every single time i've listened to that song in the last 18 years my hairs stand up every by time. the end when paul comes in that's all for me. Yeah. The way his voice cracks a little bit, yeah. I just, I is the that that I mean that little moment there yeah. might be the best moment in Hundred Reasons' yep. entire career. Just yep. that bit of his voice cracking yep. in that part where you've got three. I mean, look, it's, it's a an song amazing that, song. It's a song it's that starts. Song. It's a song that starts perfectly and gets better as it goes on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's an absolutely brilliant song. What I would say though 
it is definitely not a single. You no, couldn't play that on top of the pops. You couldn't. I mean, and it's not really anything like Falter, which starts with a really big, like a really kind of memorable hook. I mean, I just remember hearing Falter and going, "That hook is so memorable." And like, and and actually, I remember getting the album and clicking through the Falter because I was like, "Oh, I want to hear the recorded version mm, of it," mm. and being a little bit disappointed because they used to do it. It was so great live, and I was like, "Oh, mm. it, it does sound like it does. It does live, but." It just sort of sounds a bit, bit shinier, like, a little bit shinier. Um, so anyway, I mean, we've sort of talked about the album a little bit, which we said we weren't going to do. But 100 Reasons, basically, in a world sort of late 2001, um, going into 2002, where Lost Profits were now the front cover of Kerrang! And people were going, oh, have you heard Hell is for Heroes? And oh, have you heard about this band Funeral for a Friend? And oh, you heard, do you know what I mean? There were things happening in the UK where people were starting to look at um, British music and and quite different music. I mean, it wasn't just in Britain that new metal was sort of really starting to crumble quite badly. And I suppose... Um, this will this will become apparent when we talk about Kerrang's like album of the year um, at at the Kerrang Awards and what was nominated that year. But um, but new metal, which had been the the, the dominant definitive thing, we've said it a bunch of times in the show before. By two thousand two, it was on its ass, basically, wasn't it? Well, absolutely I, on its ass. I think there was this massive thing in the um british music press you know this is difficult to understand if you weren't there if you weren't there man but we because of the internet we live in a far more globalized world and these days it doesn't fucking matter where where music is recorded or or the nationality of an artist anywhere near as much as it used to but back then it really fucking did for some unknown stupid reason some americanized bullshit reason and i think <clears throat> there was a, a whole swathe of these british brilliant british bands coming out um and i think the british press in particular i mean kerrang were fantastic at doing it in particular but there was a, there were others as well um who were just going this is fucking ridiculous why the hell are are these bands not being pushed to the you know, these bands are easily as good as the American bands. I think particularly because new metal because of new metal's decline, um, it was really easy to to choose hundred reasons over, I don't know, fucking Power Man five thousand or whatever the fuck they were doing. I mean it, it was it was just glaringly obvious that the quality was at this point in time was just ten fucking times better than than what was coming uh, than a lot of what was coming out in america i mean you know i don't want to don't mm. want to tar um all american music from this time with that brush but a, a lot well, you, you've got to think about the type of stuff that kerrang would have been getting excited about the type of bands that kerrang would have been getting excited about at that point from america they weren't they were at the drive-in i mean obviously they split up quite soon afterwards mm. but trail of dead like they started pushing quite hard at this point. Amen. Yeah. They would have been pushing pretty hard at this point. Yeah. Um, the whole emo thing, whether that be, you know, 5Ks for hot water music mm. or, mm. Um, you know, getting excited by, I mean, I remember them wanting to put Fugazi on the front cover and when had they ever wanted to do that before? Quite. 
Yeah. You know, um, it was. It, I it didn't was know just, that actually. That's interesting. But yeah, I didn't. Yeah. Know. Queen, well, they they wrote a. I've got a Kerrang upstairs from. It would have been when the argument came out, mm. and they, there's like a six page interview with Fugazi, which is clearly the front cover. But Fugazi have gone. We will do this if you don't put us on the front cover. And the, the the feature even says, you know, this is why Fugazi are great. We we said we want to do a cover, and they went, we don't want to be on the front cover, but we will talk to you. <laughs> which is really cool um i think mm. uh and and yeah and you know they've the, the, the i guess the the white stripes and the strokes and queens of stone age and all those other things that were sort of happening mm-hmm. were not like people just were bored with big beard like you know dyed blue beard and wacky haircuts and you know two chord wrestle metal yeah. uh and we've talked about this, we've talked about this before but i'm just having a quick look at the kerrang um top 20 uh from 2002 and there is nothing in here that i'd describe as new metal really at all Mm. absolutely nothing yeah it was it was kind of gone really wasn't it at that Mm. point well not it wasn't the big ones were still big yeah you know but you know it was still some shit fucking crap music around us we'll probably talk about in a little bit but um they went to america to record the album with dave sardi dave sardi of bark market fame who's worked with everyone from oasis to marilyn manson to far well fucking loads of people Mm. you know like he is a proper yeah i mean if we're talking about where what's relevant to 100 reasons i think Mm. you know his work with people like far would be much more of uh, you know an understandable reason why 100 reasons would want to work with him but they recorded... I, I, I suspect water and solutions is the reason why they wanted to yeah. work with Dave. that that i mean i don't know that for a fact but i i'm just guessing that's the reason they wanted to record with him would probably make a lot of sense but yeah they um obviously being on columbia they got the opportunity to go out to new york and record new with sardi and um, they were recording in New York on September the 11th, 2001. They were recording the album. Ah, goodness me. Um, Paul Townsend, their guitarist, said it was just really morbid. We were staying in Manhattan and everywhere from 14th Street down was closed. So we had to carry ID just to try and get back in. When we started mixing, we were in Union Square and every single day there were thousands of people there mourning, bringing candles. To go and be a part of it was very depressing. Everyone was very scared as well. So that, I mean, considering how much life and verve and joy and how sort of brimming with, you know, this is a fist punching summer record. I think ideas above our station. Yeah. For the most part. Yeah. 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 And, and to have to record it in the kind of, in the midst of September the 11th is, it's weird, isn't it? It must've been really weird to have to kind of go in and do, you know, a song like silver yeah, I mean, you're working with what you've got, and obviously, there's absolutely no one in the world who could have predicted that that was going to happen. Not even the government, because it wasn't a conspiracy theory. You fucking idiots! <laughs> um, but uh... <laughs> oh, you sound pretty sure of yourself. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, uh, I mean, yeah, that must have been. I, I I didn't. I suppose I put, probably could have put two and two together and gone. Well, it came out May twentieth, two thousand two. I can see here it was recorded in New York. Yes, they probably would have been there around that time. Um, mm. But yeah, God. Um, yes, it must have been quite a difficult thing to sing a song like "I'll Find You" whilst that was going on. You know, and there yeah. are songs on here. I mean, "Gone Too Far." I'm sure would have been mm-hmm. easy to record um, mm. w- with all that going on. But uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Didn't consider that. It's interesting. 
Yeah. So, you know, it's um it's uh finally come sort of the the middle of two thousand and two. Or I guess with people like me and you who had been chomping at the bit waiting for this album to come out for so, so, so long. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I just couldn't believe or understand why I'd been listening and thinking about this band for two years and they'd been on the major label for the majority of that time mm. and i was like when's this fucking album coming out mm-hmm. like when am i going to get to hear these songs and again like the hype that was building around this band meant that unlike every other british musical rock like every other you know british band in this genre from around that period you could go into pretty much any record shop in the country on the day it came out and it would be right there under new releases. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Which again, even that in itself felt pretty odd, but yeah. it's what I did. Mm-hmm. I went into Basingstoke on the Monday morning, the day that the album came out and I bought it for mm-hmm. probably thirteen ninety nine or however much the CDs were back then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I took it home. Did you do that? Renfrew? Did you buy it on the day it came out? Um, I, I, I don't remember. I, I most certainly either did that or pre-ordered it. I might have been. I, I discovered Amazon at this point, so I probably ordered oh, it off, off of Amazon or something like that. Um, so, but I certainly got it. If not the day of release, then it would have been delivered to me maybe the day after release or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, indeed, he diddly do. And I also remember reading the Kerrang um, review, which you've got there, uh, and reading it and getting very, very excited because they gave it 5K. So you want to do that now? Or do you want they to go did it? give it 5K. So the reaction to it, well, I was going to say, at first, I mean, to give you some idea of how much they were crossing over, they got 4K, uh, 4K, they got 4 out of 5 in the NME, even the NME, which is prime snobby NME yeah, territory. Pri- yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, <laughs> some of this review is crap basically um <laughs> taking back what's been stolen taking back what is ours if you were going to be a real petty-minded prick about it you'd say 100 reasons sound a bit like reef oh my god they don't really they do they <laughs> fuck it out yeah sorry go on um but it says uh we're, it's 2002 and we're choking on so much mediocre imported shit passing itself off as punk rock that we've practically forgotten that whatever new york bores like patty smith and television might have might believe punk rock is ours and owes us a living made in the uk exported worldwide now that's the opening paragraph to that and it's given me a headache just trying to unravel (laughs) what this person is talking about because for a start one um no (laughs) no (laughs) exactly the uk did not invent punk rock i'm sorry no. you might think patty smith and television are quote-unquote bores um but they still are far more responsible for inventing punk rock than whatever whatever the hell it is that you're thinking of here mm. um and certainly you know certainly when you go back to the ramones and the stooges and the, the like, blah 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 like the stooges are the first yeah. ever punk rock band do your fucking research. get over it get over yeah. it um do your secondly stop doing a shit job and fuck off Yep. secondly if punk is made in the uk well it's the damned and mm-hmm. buzzcocks and mm-hmm. sex pistols mm-hmm. um uh and i don't think if 100 reasons do sound like reef who are a band who sound like you know um early 70s hard rock i don't really see what those two things have to do with each other nope. really no nope. if 100 reasons sound like reef 
and the UK invented punk. And if you're thinking that Reef sound like GBH, who sound like Hundred Reasons, <laughs> or if you think GG Allen, bad. If you think Bad Company are a punk band, uh, I mean, <laughs> what are you on about? Yeah, what are you on about? No, it's, um, it's embarrassing, and whoever wrote that should be fucking embarrassed. I'm assuming there's no byline on it. Uh, let me have a little look. No, it just says by N by N N E. Yes. That means there's no byline on it. I know oh, Jim Worth. His name's Jim Worth. Oh, Jim uh, Worthless. Yeah, fucking <laughs> worthless. Fuck off. Uh, while the mere concept of punk rock and a major label such as Columbia is a little too on incongruous for many purists to accept 100 reasons have not allowed the great expectations of the british music industry to blur their simple vision here are some good songs played with a workmanlike verve and no small amount of style um they then go on to say that they've copied uh, ian mckay's emotional hardcore for pleasure and profit um they uh, say there's a little jumble of half-brilliant fillers that only make it better. Falter dances around the verges of slinty post-rock, but with an added fun factor. Avalanche <sighs> is a pretty little thing rather than an opportunity to do a shit incubus impression. I mean, these they're all over the place. People with longish memories might see the parallels with the first Idlewild LP. I mean, a little bit, yeah. I mean, that's at least vaguely near like at least like yeah. if you're throwing a dart at least that's hitting the dartboard yes exactly I mean, you've yes, been yes, hitting yes, yeah. you've been hitting the fucking wall to the side of the dartboard <laughs> until <laughs> now um uh but like hope is important ideas above the station is a classy opening gambit um here's what we can do now guess what we're going to do next uh steady on mm, so, um, yeah <laughs> it didn't work out but like that's that, only that's only half the reason to get slightly excited about 100 reasons because like the strokes they're a band who can't help inspire others to get involved here's what they can do with five and a half chords and a will of iron now it's your turn i mean that's try, sort of trying to be inspirational at the end but you've gone so far down the rabbit hole of really re it's amazing that i can get so angry about you know a four out of five good review saying that they're I good know. Yeah. but yet i still think that's a really bad review. And this is but when you, people say... You should get angry like, about it because it's not about the score. It's about the content of the review. And that, that review is objectively a fucking mess. It's a mess. Yes. Mm. It's an absolute clusterfuck of a mess. Like when people say, oh, music, you know, like, oh, you shouldn't say bad things and, you know, slagging bands off is wrong. I think that's worse. Yeah. I think to mischaracterize oh, yeah, yeah. a band to the point of like, what, what are you talking about? Why are you saying they sound like... Re I mean, you know, from the first paragraph, you're saying they sound like Reef. But then telling New York that they didn't invent punk and that this is something to do with punk. But it sounds like Reef. Yeah. Like what what does that, any of that mean? Nothing. It's embarrassing. Nothing. Yeah. It's embarrassing. Yeah. 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 The Kerrang review is better though, from what I recall. The Kerrang review is far better. Um it's two pages long to give it um to give you some idea as to the fact you know, it's lead review. It's a lead review. Um I'll I'll read a bit of it. I won't read all of it. It says um 5Ks. There are two ways to deal with the buttock-clenchingly scary situation of being the most talked about, eagerly anticipated band in the country. The first is to hide behind Stalin hyperbole and hope that it will be enough to satisfy people. The other option is to knuckle down to the task in hand and come up with an album that is even more thrilling, moving and downright perfect than even your fans ever dared hope for. 100 Reasons have happily plumped firmly for the latter option. Ideas Above Our Station is not something that you can apologetically describe as good for first try, nor is it something to push just because it's British barging into America's party and shouting that there's something amazing going on here too. As an album, it stands up on its own and doesn't need excuses or charities because idea Ideas is everything 100 Reasons have been threatening to come up with and more. By turns touching, furious, emotional and blistering, it's the kind of record that leaves you in genuine awe. 
Um, it says, what really sets 100 Reasons apart as probably the best British rock band that's around right now is their choice of reference points. While many of their contemporaries are content to use obvious acts as their inspiration, lost profits, lost profits tugging on Incubus's sleeves or raging speed or noisily racing down motor, Motorhead's path, 100 Reasons have delved that little bit deeper into the underground, the clearest comparisons being post-hardcore acts like Far and Fireside, and it's this trail of musical breadcrumbs that leads us to the final piece of the puzzle, Dave Sardi. The producer that has worked previously with Far and more mainstream bands like Bush and Soulwax has dipped a toe into dark theatre with Marilyn Manson and has added enough spit and polish to make 100 Reasons sound flawless, huge and intimate, while also letting their raw edge continue to rub against the clean surfaces. There's a subtlety to their sound that's easy to miss live, a genuine wealth of emotion in Colin's voice that could easily get lost when he's flailing about on stage, but that is allowed to come to the surface here, as much in the raw-throated primal house as it is in the more delicate, reflective moments. It's easy to forget that Ideas Above Our Station is a debut album because it feels so full and accomplished. With it, 100 Reasons have established themselves as a world-class band, and the chances are you won't hear a better album this year. Thoughts, Renfrey? That's a very good review, but a very good review, which I agree with a lot of it, but I don't agree with all of it. But um, but mm. but I wouldn't, I couldn't sit here, you know, um, uh, what we judge as a good or a bad review is not, oh, if they agree with us, then it's a good review. It's nothing to do with that. It's to do with sort of the content of the review and like um, how they've thought about it and how they've, uh, it, it's, it's about having an opinion that you have thought through well. And I think that is really, really clear that it was Emma Johnson, did you say? Emma you Johnson, that? yeah. I think yeah. I think I think she's absolutely thought it through brilliantly. And I agree with lots and lots and lots and lots of that review, indeed. I think the thing which we're sort of dancing around a little bit and might not be a surprise to learn at this point, as we've been wanging on about this for fifty five minutes or so already, is initially this record was a disappointment to me because of the mm sheer because i had built them up so much and as i cannot stress how amazing a live act they were and we've already talked about how it was a bit shinier and a little bit kind of like i suppose it was one of the first times that i remember reading a review getting really immensely exciting excited for it it popping through my door and then i put it on and i was like oh and to be clear, I now think that this is an absolute stellar record. It just it just mm -hmm. took me a, a, a few goes and a few listens and um, getting used to the fact that the really raw, heavy live sound of 100 Reasons wasn't what had been captured here. But they'd gone for a slightly more spit-polished version of it, which, which isn't worse necessarily. Um, it just wasn't what I was used to which is why at first I was a bit like, oh, I'm not sure about this. Um, but I think, I think this is a, there's certainly a lot of stuff that I agree with in that review. Like, I mean, for example, I think it's really astute what she was saying about um, uh, the, the stuff that you can't pick up on with the band live, like Colin's performance and the emotional kind of breaks and stuff. And I mean, we're you talking about that with the cracks and Paul's voice and so on and so forth. That's that you can't pick that stuff up live when you're fucking in a mosh pit going crazy at a hundred reasons show. I mean, they, these really were very cathartic, crazy shows. And there were lots of examples of stuff. Songs like Avalanche. I'm not even sure. I don't know if you recall them playing Avalanche, but I wasn't, I didn't know at this point that they were capable of doing a song like Avalanche, for example, mm. until I heard well, the record. 
they didn't play Avalanche live until they they played the album live in its entirety. There we go. Yeah. To celebrate its 10th anniversary. Yeah, actually. We'll, we'll get onto that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, yeah, so initially, just because of the sort of shiny, shiny, shininess of it, there was an element of disappointment to me. Re- listening to it again and again and again and again, I did realise, okay, no, this album is fucking amazing. Fair play. It is, it is fucking great. And again, very astute thing that she's... I mean, it's so nice to hear journalists actually say, being bold and saying something like it's unlikely you'll hear a better album all year. Um, you know, according to the Kerrang! album of the year list, she was wrong, but only by one. This was the this was Kerrang!'s second favourite album of the year. And the only album that was above it was Songs for the Deaf. So I think it's still a very astute and interesting point to make. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, I Do's Above Our Station, it wouldn't be my second favourite album of 2002, it would likely be in my it would definitely be in my top 10 it would likely be in my top five i'm not sure but it would it would yeah. definitely top 10 mm. i mean i mean we've talked about this but worship and tribute by glass is my number one but yeah yeah fair enough um yeah i mean i i i uh i probably didn't feel that strongly about oh i'm not sure about this because because I was the songs were so deeply embedded in me mm. that I was just like mm. my first thing was like oh great I get to listen to this song whenever I whenever feel like I like it now. Yeah, yeah like you know silver like having seen silver a bunch of times and mm. being like oh there it is mm. that's mm. the song that Paul sings on mm. live like brilliant um, you know and yeah I just thought it was it, it was fucking wicked and there were a few songs on it you know that I hadn't heard I mean you brought up um, Avalanche which would, would have been one that I hadn't heard. And like you say, yeah, it was like, oh, this is really different. And it made sense. I mean, I, with them being on a major label, I was not, I'd got to the age of 22. I was like, they're on a major label. They are not going to put out something which sounds like different from that fucking Mm. split that I bought back then. They are definitely going to have to write singles. They are definitely going to have to, which I think they did. They are definitely going to have to make this sound bigger. They are definitely going to have to make this sound cleaner and clearer. They're going to have to do all those things. So I fully expected all of that shit to happen. And it, and it did. Just to interject, I was, I think I was too young to realize that I was too young to have that perspective. And I think there was an element of me that was expect. I think initially at first I was like, why is there nothing as heavy as clear on here? I mean, gone too far isn't miles off, but yeah. I, but I think that was my initial disappointment. Cause I was like, I want something that's going to absolutely batter me around the face and bar gone too far. And maybe what thought did, this is another fucking belter, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, there isn't really um so i suppose that and and because you know i was like i said 16 17 uh, at this point i didn't have that perspective that you would have likely had on it um so so i guess this is one of the first records where that happened to me where i was really invested and then it became big i was like oh my god and yeah so it's a weird one for me this one but I, a, you know. yeah I, I feel like this week i mean i've i didn't actually i wish i'd seen this before because i found this um review this feels like when we talk about important points in the music industry, I mean, I think now thinking back to ideas above our station and being like, this was an important changing of the guard moment that particular week, because this record, you know, I will go on to like what it did and how successful it was. I mean, second place um, in the Kerrang! and album of the year, end of year chart, just behind Queens of Stone Age. 
The next, if you turn no, over the page. 10, number 10 in Metal Hammer as well. Number 10 in Metal Hammer. If you turn the page on this issue of Kerrang, it's not the only album that got 5Ks this week. Oh, right. The other album that got 5Ks this week is Alive or Just Breathing by Killswitch Engage. Ah. Now, all these years later, if you said to someone, what album do you think had the bigger impact or what band had, obviously Killswitch Engage had a far, far bigger impact on the world around us than uh, than 100 Reasons did. And when you talk about the metalcore boom, Killswitch Engage are massively, massively re- you know, responsible and played a huge part in that happening. The emo boom, My Chemical Romance um, are much, would, have, would be the obvious band to think of from that. But even a little bit before, you probably wouldn't pick up on, initially straight away pick up on that kind of, that post-hardcore screamo emo thing you probably wouldn't initially now in 2020 go, oh, I did above our station by hundred reasons. Mm. You'd probably go to funeral for a friend before you went to that. You'd probably go to Thursday full collapse or even bands like fucking Finch and maybe even early Biffy as well. You mm-hmm. go to before you, before your brain went, oh yes. Or at the drive-in as well, being a, being a massive mm-hmm. one, but you probably wouldn't, necessarily go oh well yeah 100 reasons was happening even even lost profits and even dare i say it even deftones even deftones and lost profits who were much more new metal i think people would probably go ah yeah but then deftones went sort of post hardcore and they went a bit emo and uh lost profits you know they changed the way that people dressed and you know it was a they started mm-hmm. dressing like you know fringes and all that kind of stuff and definitely then funeral for a friend and hell is for heroes and that sort of thing coming along i think people now might bring that up before they brought up ideas about our station which is kind of mad when you think back to the the kind of the rabbits that they were the biggest ones at this point when ideas about our station yes, came yes, out yes. they were even counting lost profits i think 100 reasons were looked at as the great hope for british rock music mm. and i think they delivered such a fucking brilliant record and this is a brilliant record oh yeah it it's 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 fucking great i mean there's nothing there's nothing on, I mean, I was, you know, I was going to say that I'm still like, why the hell was Remus not on here? Like, yeah. Why the hell is Cerebre, why the hell is Cerebra not on here? Yeah. Like they should, they should be on here. Yeah. But I don't really know. I mean, they should be on here, but I, there's nothing that I'd go, and it should be on there over that. Like, this is rubbish. Get rid of this. I don't want this. There's nothing on it that I think I would, I am like passionate about taking out. I don't think there's a single bad song on the record. Um, I mean, it 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 uh, it's quite a short record. It's thirty eight minutes long. It goes by in a flash. Could add a couple more tracks. It could it, have yeah. had a couple more tracks on it. Yeah, yeah, and and um, there is a. Uh, I mean, I said this already, but there is a there is a reissue. I think it's a vinyl reissue, which adds um Remus and number five. Number five. As, uh, number five as bonus tracks. Which um Remus I'd go for absolutely. I mean, yeah, Cerebra, clear. Um I guess they probably just felt, well, we've kind of released those already. I mean, Bar mm. I'll Find You. I think they probably thought I'll Find You is such a massive song. And I'd also say that I'm ninety nine percent sure I'll Find You was re recorded for this album. Uh, yeah, because the producer was, was Chris Sheldon on the EP yep. and it's Dave mm-hmm. Sarge on this. Um, and they obviously just thought that was a massive, massive song. I mean, I'll Find You is a massive, massive song. It's for me, it's, uh, I, and this is more a sign of the quality of the record. It's maybe my seventh favorite song on the record, eighth. Um, mm. You know, like, like I like it. It's absolutely not. 
you know, it's not one where I go, oh man, I'll find you. It's no. like the big fucking song. Like it's actually, I think it's a, for what the rest of the record does, it's actually quite a, an understated, quite, well, I was going to say underwhelming. It's not underwhelming, but it's not. Like it opens the record mm. and mm. it's good. Mm. It is mm. good. Like mm. you say, it is good, but you just think you had all these other songs that you mm. could have opened the record with. Mm. I mean, actually, I, I think the first, I mean, I think Answers is really good, but yeah. I'll find you Answers Dissolve What Thought Did. It's kind of the, one. Of, I'd say it's the weakest part of the record. Oh, I really like What Thought Did an awful lot. Um, I might agree with you with the first three, but What Thought Did, leave, leave What Thought Did alone. <laughs> I love What okay. Thought Did. I think, I think it really steps up massively with, I mean, that run, if I could falter, shine, drown in, oratorio silver. silver yeah that 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 run there is fucking amazing yeah, i think yeah 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 Can't. i think gone to you know you, you mentioned gone too far and that is the heavy song but i do think all those other songs are they are better songs than that personally. i agree yeah oh gone too far. i'm not saying gone too far is one of the best songs on the record i'm just saying it was one of the really 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 heavy ones um it's mm. the closest that they had to clear flawed which you know I, yeah. I, I i do think is their best song um mm. but um yeah um yeah it was just an interesting one and i do agree that it it it's it, i don't think either of us are saying that this album starts badly it's just considering what comes later on the record it's like you're not starting with your best foot forward are you but then having said that it is quite a good opener like it, I mean, you yeah. can't, you know, you can't open with Falter. I mean, that would be insane. You can't open, mm. you can't open with Oratorio. You know, you can't open with. You could Shine. open with if, if I, you could open with if I could. Though. You could open with if I could. Yeah, 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 yeah. You could actually. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. yeah. Um, but you know, it was, it was a big, fucking a big hit, and yeah. it peaked at number six. Number six. Yeah. In the UK album chart, um, it's gone gold as well. Yeah. Two hundred thousand copies sold. Yeah. And after um, when "If I Could" came out um, as the, I, I guess the second single from the album, that went to number nineteen. They yeah. played it on top of the Pops. Have you seen that yes. clip of them playing? Do you remember them playing? I, have, on top I of remember the Pops? seeing it live. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's quite hard to play live on top of the Pops. I think yeah. no one ever sounds good on top of the Pops. Nope. <laughs> mm. and so particularly colin doran no yeah yeah yeah, yeah 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 uh they also played silver uh introduced by richard blackwood um do you remember that oh god i, I was just having it i was i was like richard blackwood and then i went oh yeah richard blackwood god that's a name i haven't thought and, about for a long time yeah yeah and uh at the end of the clip richard blackwood goes a hundred reasons to be cheerful more like uh, in it yeah and everyone sort of and i sort of watch it and can imagine 100 million tvs just sort of shrugging and going yeah <laughs> <laughs> yes yes um yes. i think i think um the performance of silver uh is a better performance on top of the pops than the performance of if i could even Ooh. though i think if i could is a better song and I think a lot of that Ooh. is down to the fact that uh, that Paul's kind of manages to sing that song live on in a television studio better than Colin manages to. Okay, 
Uh, I, I, it's, I mean, I, I don't remember the last time I saw those performances. I just watched them today, so that's right, why I, right, I brought right, it up. Right, right, okay, cool. Uh, yeah, yeah I, and it makes, and Silver was, you know, got to number 15. And then Falter, I mean, this is where things start to go a little bit awry, I think, because Falter comes out as a single, and you would think that Falter would be the one that, like, to me, I was like, well, when they released that, that's when it's going to be like, boom, here we go. Hundred Reasons are now, you know, a massive, massive, massive band. And it got to number 38. Which was the least successful single of the four, which is yeah. only by one place because I'll find you was 37. But yeah, weird. They re- took too long to release it, I think. Fourth you might single, be fourth right. single never does that well. Yeah, you might be right. Yeah, yeah. People people own the record by now. What? Why would you bother to pick up the single if you own the record unless you really, really, really want the B-sides? Yeah, that's probably the mistake they made. Absolutely. Mm. But then it couldn't be I a think... first single. I no, should... but it wasn't It wasn't a first single though, was it? Because if I Find You came out, which was EP, which is sort of EP3, I guess, so no one really knew that that's when it was coming. No, no, no. I'm saying I'm saying it couldn't be a first single. Um, yeah. But yeah. No, yeah, it's a tricky but one. But the it? fact that they'd already released I'll Find You and had, and had finally sort of broken into the chart positions, yeah. to me, it would have made sense yeah. once the album comes out, then you drop Falter and people go, oh my God, because it's, you know, it's fucking, it's Black Hole Sun, it's uh, Under the Bridge. Mm. Do you know what I mean? It's mm, like mm. people do that shit all the time. Oh, here's a nice, lovely, slow song. People would have thought they were buying a Snow Patrol album and they just sell billions and billions of copies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you, you know? I, I, know, I, I don't think you're making that comparison from a quality point of view. I think you're making that comparison from a, um, from that's the type of song it is. Do you think mm. it's as good as those, uh, as Under the Bridge and uh, Black Hole Sun? I don't, but I think as, you know, there's there's plenty of uh, of examples where, releasing the ballad a rock band releasing the ballad makes yes much more sense and totally. they've got to do it early it's yeah. got to be the second it's got to be the second single yeah. okay. like to me falter had to be the second single mm. i agree i agree i agree and with I everything it you're shot saying back it would have it would have gone top 10 i mean if they'd have released it like if i could came out uh either just before or just after the album came out um i can't actually remember which one it was off the top of my head i think it was just before i'm guessing just before yeah that would have yeah. made the most sense um so so you know like bringing that out just before the record drops mm. you've already sort of released one song from it mm. a few months before mm. bringing it out before the record drops all the fans who are interested in the air want to buy it mm. and because if i could went to number 19 you imagine if that had been picked up by Top of the Pops and they'd done Falter and then it was like, oh, I like this song. Let's put it, you know, when England get knocked out of the World Cup, you've got Falter on in the background, all, all that kind of crap that happens. Um, and I just think it would have been a massive, massive hit single. I agree. I guess we can only speculate as to why that didn't happen. I mean, I mm. suppose, I suppose well, maybe we'll never know. I don't know. But um, yes, I definitely think that Falter being the second single would have been or or maybe even the third but certainly i don't know but certainly the fourth no it was too late too little too late yeah too late and it felt like the obvious one to me to me personally seeing them live i agree years before the like a good year or so before the album came out i agree i was always like that song is the one that sticks in my head straight away yeah yeah i can remember the it's never yeah, it's like, <laughs> this is so clearly a single. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I, yeah. I mean, I agree. 
I know you do. I'm just like, <laughs> just I'm trying to work it out in my head. Like, what, what's going on here? No, um, anyway, um, so 100 Reasons went and headlined the second stage at the Ozfest at Donington, the sort of return to Donington before Download came out. It came out, the Download came along. <laughs> Hello, I'm Download. Um, but before Download oh, happened, the year before, yeah. they had a sort of dry run at Donington, didn't they? And um, uh, that's when 100 Reasons headlining the se- a second stage, headline the second stage with, I mean, I know Skindred played, Danko Jones played as well. Mm-hmm. Um I think mushroom head might have played yes let me get the let me get the lineup up did you go to that no okay so i went to that um, i can tell you this i went to see i saw 100 reasons play at cardiff castle supporting green day that was good fun um was that 2002 was it it was 2002 indeed diddly i remember seeing that lineup quite a good lineup that wasn't it? it was it was green day a iggy pop 100 reasons uh sponge <laughs> uh, that's all i can remember off the top of my head it was a rival good day. schools no that was nottingham uh okay, yeah, it was it was distortion festival yeah we got the shitty end of it in cardiff which was really annoying because i really wanted to see rival ash schools. did ash play again i think nottingham yeah for some reason the cardiff lineup was like a very truncated version of the nottingham one but you know i lived like a 45 minute drive from cardiff and nottingham's very very far away i wish mm. I, I wish we'd got the nottingham one but for whatever reason we didn't so yeah. so um ozfest 2002 aussie headlining tool system of a down slayer cradle of filth lost profits millen colin mad caps and markets drowning pool zach wilde's black label society as the main stage that's a pretty good main stage yeah, yeah, fucking yeah. rained all fucking day ruined it tour incredible that day absolutely yeah, incredible I've, I've heard. but the correct the Kerrang stage 100 reasons headline with il nino um american head charge hell is for heroes mushroom head otep danko jones non-point anti-product it hasn't actually got skindred there but skindred did play definitely Mu- much more much more hit and miss than the uh main stage <laughs> has to be said. Yeah. <laughs> but there's some great hits bit. on there i mean hell is for heroes yes fucking please uh god was there anything else on there that was any good <laughs> i'm not sure not really no. not really yeah. no i mean no not, no there's not no i was gonna say american head charge but yeah really... i was thinking american head charge i think american head charge at that time probably would have been quite good wouldn't they mm. they were like they were on the art of war about to release the art of war yeah they were yeah. i mean yeah, yeah I, 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 I would have liked to have seen that not, yeah. not if Tool were on at the same time, but, but you know. I think they were as well. Oh, right. Well, in that case, fuck, fuck American Head Charge. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, they also played the main stage at Reading and Leeds. That was Guns N' Roses, Reading yes, and Leeds. I saw uh, that. Day. Now, saw you that saw Guns Leeds. N' Roses at Leeds, yeah, yeah. but I didn't get Guns N' Roses at Reading because I didn't play it for whatever reason. Yeah. But they were replaced by Raging Speedhorn, which feels like... A little bit of a drop off, I have to say, for you guys in Leeds, um, and uh, that was uh, that was um, Greg from Dillinger shitting in uh, shitting on the teat in the bag. Yeah, he, in the crowd day. he loves that coming up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, that was the day that happened. It was <laughs> yeah, obviously not, the highlight fact, of that. It's special. actually accurate. I'm just, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, to be fair, a fucking great like looking at it now, a great day. Prodigy. Prodigy I saw Prodigy, Offspring. I didn't really see Offspring. But Slipknot, Incubus. Incubus weren't good. No effects. Puddle of Mud, 100 Reasons, Amen, Raging Speed on Dillinger Escape Plan. 
I did watch Train of the Dead on the second um, second stage. I didn't see Corner Shop, who were just before them. Um, <laughs> I remember seeing Cat down there. Sparta played on that day as well. The Streets headlined the um, the the dance tent as well that day. So it's actually that's a really fucking good lineup. To be fair to it, um, yeah, Reading two thousand two. I don't have many great memories of Reading two thousand two. I just remember Train of the Dead were great. Um, I think the Cooper Temple Claws played on the Friday and they were really, really good as well. But there's not a lot of like, oh, wow, do you remember? I think Jane, and it's the first time I saw Jane's Addiction mm-hmm. on the on the Friday as well, which was fucking excellent. Well, I, I have phenomenal memories of it because it's the first time I'd ever been to Reading or Leeds Festival. Mm. Um, How 100 Reasons on that main stage? They're fantastic. For you guys. They were absolutely fantastic. Um, they were one of the, I remember kind of, I remember be- feeling more invested in Hundred Reasons and their sh- their set than I did in Slipknots, which, when you're bearing in- bearing in mind where Slipknot were at this point, I mean they just released the previous year. No, sorry, what am I talking about? Um, they Iowa. were on Iowa, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, and 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 like Slipknot were were great. Don't get me wrong, but I remember being like loving both, but actually thinking 100 reasons were even better which is insane when you think about it but that's how good a live band 100 reasons were i thought they were better on that day let's let's be clear on that day on that stage than slipknot were that's pretty fucking bonkers you there is it's not in front of me now but i did find a kerrang review from that day and slipknot get they 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 basically say on a day with speed on amen and dillinger opening it Slipknot seem a bit old hat now. Uh, they're, mm, they're, yeah, I do remember that slightly. It, it was it was a weird one. I mean, maybe it was just a bad day for Slipknot or a bad weekend for Slipknot. Or I don't know. But I remember being really excited for Slipknot. And, and um, actually, we, we got up quite close for them. And, and actually, we ended up going back. I mean, bear in mind, I was 17 at the time and it was all about being as close as possible all the time. We actually ended up getting going back and getting some food during Slipknot. So mm. there you fucking And mad go. as well to think they had had a number one album yeah. in the UK and yet the prodigy Guns N' Roses and Offspring were still above them on the yeah. bill. Yeah. That is that is pretty fucking crazy. Um, yeah, I remember thinking 100 Reasons was very good. I mean, at this point, um, I, was, I, I was looking around the bill and I was far more interested in... I mean, James Addiction, I'd been waiting to see for fucking years and years and years. So I was really, really excited about seeing James Addiction. But a lot of it was like, you know, when I get down to the kind of minutia of um, of that bill, you've got Sick of It All. Um, it, this is when Sick of It All headlined at the same time as the Foo Fighters. And when they finished, they said, now let's all go and beat up the Foo Fighters, which they'd re- rehashed from when Suede were headlining a few years before when they said, let's all go and beat up Suede. So Lou Collar always says, whoever's headlining the main stage <laughs> alongside Sick of It All, go and beat them up afterwards or something like that. But yeah, there were loads of, you know, like Saves of the Day played over that weekend. I remember being really excited to see them. Mm-hmm. And Thursday um, played that year as well. Rival Schools. Um, I mentioned the Cooper Temple Claws, you know, Trailer Dead, obviously Dillinger and Amen. I was really, really, really excited about seeing. Even Andrew WK, I think, played in the main stage um, that year. And I was like, oh, God. And yeah, I just wasn't particularly um, excited about seeing stuff like 
no effects in Slipknot and particularly Incubus. But I do, and, and 100 no, Reasons no. were another band. I was like, oh, great. I've been watching this band for ages. They're finally getting a shot at the main stage at Reading. That's great. Mm. Uh, no effects were great fun, actually, because in Leeds, they were yeah. just mocking Axl Rose the entire time. It was fucking hilarious. Puddle of the Mud were dreadful. Uh, Incubus, whilst I love Incubus, they were pretty gash that day, it has to be said. They were not very good. Mm. Uh, yeah, we talked about Slipknot, but Prodigy were amazing. Yeah. Guns and Ra- yeah. oh, I mean Guns and Roses. Oh my fucking Christ! One of the best shows I've ever seen in my entire life, and remains to this day. Okay, well, it's funny you bring up Puddle of Mud actually, because the other thing about 2002 is that um, at the Kerrang Awards, Hundred Reasons, Ideas Above Our Station won Best Album. Hmm. Would you like to know who else was nominated for that? Of course, I would. I mean, I've, I've guessed one. Yeah. Well, Toxicity by Slipknot Fair. was by Slipknot. Toxicity by Slipknot. Oh, I, know of, I know loads about metal. You, you, you apply for a job at the Around enemy. the Fur by Korn. Yeah. Um, by System of a Down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, sorry. System of a Down Toxicity um, was nominated. Mm. All Killer No Filler by Some 41. Which is not the case. That no. record's like half an hour long and they didn't manage yeah. to make it All Killer No Filler. Well, it, should, it should be called two two good songs killer and the rest <laughs> quite filler yeah. uh, um silver side up by nickelback uh, yeah hmm. and whatever that puddle of mud album was called uh, come clean i think it was come called clean yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Hmm. uh and hundred reasons now the mad thing about that to me is that iowa which came out around the same time as so that came out after you know the karanga was last year iowa not nominated for best album got to fucking number one and was it nominated nominated the previous year well it wasn't out the previous year but i think if i recall and this is off the top of my head so don't quote me but off the top of my head iowa came out around may 2001 no maybe a little bit later don't think so no you might be right actually it was on 28th of august it was it came out uh, that weekend and so did so did toxicity came out that weekend 2001 yeah or just I, before, I think toxic, I think toxicity was one week later, if I recall, because it was it was yeah, maybe. it was just prior to nine eleven, wasn't it? So that's right. Yes. So that week would not have made that can't have made. No, it. If toxicity right. is getting nominated, then I was. I mean, you know, I'm sure there's other things in two thousand and two that we could have gone. Are you kidding me? Why didn't this get nominated? And why didn't get you know that get nominated? I think again, songs of the death probably came out a little bit after because that would be a glaring kind of omission. I I would have mm, thought. Mm. But um it's almost I as mean, if award shows are a load of fucking nonsense, isn't it? It's weird. <laughs> it is, but yeah. I mean that is unbelievable that that Iowa wasn't even nominated. Yeah. Um, it's almost as if there's lots of internal politics behind the scenes which kind of dictates what gets nominated and what doesn't and it's like you can't... i've never really thought that that thought about it long enough to wonder or not if that is a case where oh, I, I have i have i have <laughs> no idea <laughs> i have no idea mm. i have absolutely no idea well maybe I'm probably i probably shouldn't speak any more than that but uh because i am i am um guessing here yeah. to an extent um yeah so uh but that one album of the year ideas above our station now you can look at their uh there's a clip on youtube uh of 100 Reasons winning um, their Kerrang Awards for Best Album uh, Ideas of Other Station. It's about two and a half minutes long. And I'm not even making this up because I did double check it because uh, I was like, fucking hell, that was short. It shows the nominees being read out. It shows the winner being read out. It shows them walking to the stage and it shows their acceptance speech. It's about two and a half minutes all told. Of those two and a half minutes with all that other stuff going on, 
their acceptance speech is 17 seconds long. <laughs> they show awesome. 17 seconds of the actual band speaking over that two and a half minutes. Most of it is actually Rick McMurray, the drummer from Ash, going, oh, the, he's got a big hair, the guy who wins, <laughs> and then go, not really, but really, or not really, doing that Eddie, Eddie Izzard thing. I met, um, I, but met, won... uh, I met Rick McMurray in uh, FOP in Bristol once, and I said, oh, you're playing tonight at the Academy around the corner. He was like, yeah, are you coming along? I said, no. Nah. <laughs> Because <laughs> I wasn't. I just, I just. And did I feel he go? Like, I can get you guest list. No, he didn't. <laughs> I oh. don't think he wanted me there. But I was just like, oh, you're you're a drummer from Ash. Yeah. A story. I didn't say it was good. Carry on. No, no. I was just thinking to myself, like, I wonder if he was like, well, fuck you then, or because. How did you say no? Did you just go no? No, no, no. I, not, I, did you go no? Not on free all angels. Fuck off. No, no. Uh, it was actually on meltdown. Um, but uh, I, which, which, which is actually my favourite Ash album. Um, should but, have said that. I, I haven't been able to get a ticket. Well, I, that's what that's what I should have said. But I just went, oh no, a bit shy and retiring uh, because I just mm. I just don't think I could. Afford he would have gone. Why can't you get a ticket? I mean, it's not sold out. We're not doing as well as we used to be doing. He, he Thanks was, very much. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly what you should have said well rick yeah. if you're listening um i'm still up for guest list uh, i mean i could get guests other ways <laughs> to be honest doing that show <laughs> and they're not playing and they're not, playing. they're not they're not touring <laughs> are they not touring Apart at all that, at the moment no one is oh yeah no one's touring <laughs> at the moment i forgot where we were for a second Fucking hell. Oh, shall we wrap this up uh, in a minute <laughs> this will be yeah this will be coming out for free at some point and when it does hopefully gigs are happening again but at this point it's in the middle of covid and Rumphrey's boasting uh, that he can get imaginary <laughs> guest list to an imaginary an ash tour that's not happening yeah yeah um it's a lovely sunny so, day i want to get out yeah so last thing i will say about this by the way engineered by greg, F greg fiddleman who mm. produced the last metallica album mm. probably worth saying mm. um incredibly incredibly successful and of course as we all know um it's uh, with a big major label backing and a hugely successful debut album um you the 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 lane was clear for 100 reasons to go on and become one of the definitive bands of their generation and as we all know that didn't happen no. um instead on the 1st of march 2004 they released shatterproof is not a challenge their follow-up album um God, where do we start with this? Well, again, first of all, what singles wise, what were they thinking? Yes. What quite. were they thinking yeah. by releasing um, The Great Test, which is under two minutes long mm. as the first single from this record? Mm. I mean, that's why I kind of ummed and ahed over thought of being a single for so long, because it's like, have you learned nothing? Mm. Mm. Yeah. When it comes to picking a single, what the fuck were you thinking? Yep. I mean, let's be honest. They didn't have many great songs to choose from, did they? This is a, unfortunately, it's a classic example of a very disappointing follow-up. Shatterproof is not a challenge. Um, yeah. Very disappointing. Um, I think there's the some really good, there's some really good songs yep. on here. There's Stories some good stuff Unhappy on endings, it. Yep. What you get yep. is really good. Yep. Um, there's not, I mean, I've mentioned two songs and I'm sort of looking down at it and going, yeah. there must be more. <laughs> so <am I>. There must <laughs> be. Uh, 
It's, but there's some like Pop, for example, Pop's was bad. Lullaby that was released bad. as a single as well. Pop, like late, later Fucking on. Hell. But yeah, um, I don't understand what happened here at all. Um, yeah, I, I don't. I really don't. Mm. I mean, I really, really don't. It, it, it just doesn't. I mean, again, I, I, was, at, so I was at drama school. I was living in Essex at the time and I was at drama school. And to give you an idea of the size of 100 Reasons, where I was, there were no record shops, mm. right? If I went to buy a CD, I had to buy it from Sainsbury's. Right. The only time in my life where I've been like, fucking, I've got to go record shopping in fucking Sainsbury's, right? I bought this album in Sainsbury's. Right. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. So do you know what I mean? Like, this is not like it wasn't getting put in the right places. Yeah. There it came out. It's in Sainsbury's. Sainsbury's. Yeah. In fucking Sainsbury's. <laughs> All right, mate. Uh, yeah, but, yeah, but do you know what I mean? Like the <laughs> no, idea, you, 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 mean. Would, you yeah. couldn't find, you probably couldn't find the fucking greatest hits of Van Halen in yeah, Sainsbury's yeah, these days. Yeah. I remember um, I bought this album on the same day as uh, Start Something by Lost Profits. Which uh, came out at a very similar time. Which came yeah. out at a very similar time. And uh, Crow Left of the Murder by Incubus. Uh, which I believe came out the same day. And um, uh, I mean, Start Something, not that I'd listen to it these days for obvious reasons, but Start Something was the best Lost Profits album, in my opinion. Start Something came out on the 2nd of February. Right. So it came out about, yeah, it basically came out exactly a month before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Again, I bought that in Sainsbury's. Oh, right. There you go. Um, Incubus. I mean, certainly a crow left of the murders. I, I actually like that album quite a lot, but it's certainly not the best oh, Incubus album. Of course you do. Of course I do. <laughs> of course I do. But it's. But you know, I would never argue it's the best Incubus album. That's absurd. Um, but of the three, not with Morning View hanging around. Eh? <laughs> it's classic albums. It's coming up. Um, but uh, but this is the th- the worst of the three. Objectively, even 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 with the fact that one of them is a Lost Profits record, it is the worst of the three. I mean, these days it's not the last one I'd listen to <laughs> because of events, but um, but it is the the worst objectively musically of the th- of those three records. I mean, I can't recall anything from Crow Left to the Murder, so I well, that's the best. Can't three. and it is. I, I don't know. I mean, I find it quite hard to believe that it's better than Start Something, which object, is. which is which is a brilliant record. Oh, the first two Lost Profits records are brilliant. I like I Start Something a lot. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I like Start Something a lot. I can't listen to it now. Yeah. But I, yeah, I, I think that was a really, really, really good record. Yeah, it's a um, wicked record. It's but, really, really good. Start yeah. Something, I think. Really, really good. Um, um, very uh, I haven't... <laughs> yeah, okay. Um... <laughs> Uh, <laughs> oh dear. Uh, I might listen to I might listen to that now just to see if it is actually any good. Um I mean not, six, not much point is there, but six, you know. six sad little world, mate. It's fucking great. Brilliant album. I do remember listening to it and going, like, this has not made me hate you any less than I did after you just destroyed your career on your, your previous album. But um yeah, I mean apparently it was a lot of stuff to do with the band getting dropped by uh by columbia records i mean it, it happened pretty quickly yeah um it, it looks like this album didn't even chart uh or maybe it did hold on I'm i thought it sure it must. i thought it oh, charted. Number 20 yeah i was gonna number say 20. i thought it charted mm. yeah 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 mm. and apparently it has sold sixty five thousand copies which feels like a big there's a big number like today in it but oh these um, days yeah 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 but obviously back then 
so um, yeah. not really well basically what the, what the label would have been expecting basically columbia dropped them like a fucking shot i mean i mean if i don't remember exactly how long it was after the release of it but it was not long after was it that it was like right 100 reasons have been dropped and unfortunately it was kind of like well i'm not surprised you know because the record is not very good i remember it got three no. k's in kerrang to be honest Oh, is that... I, hey, I don't like to say it, but I think that might be quite kind. Mm. It's really not a very good record. It's got a few banging tunes on it, but it's not a great record at all. It's really... It's a real shame. One thing I do want to add as an um, ad, a, amendment... Well, I can't fucking say words. Um, and I don't think you agree with this just because you've said uh, said stuff like this in the past. And But I do want to say, in my opinion... It was too little too late, but two years later, they came back with Kill Your Own. And I re-listened to Kill Your Own this morning, just to mm. recall just to recall it and stuff. I think Kill Your Own is a hair's breadth away from the quality of Ideas Above Our Station. Fucking hell. Yep. I own Kill Your Own, or I did anyway, I've probably thrown it away now. <laughs> but, um, or actually, I probably kept that and got rid of all the other stuff. Um, I oh. think it's aged really fucking well. Really I have no idea. Well. I'm looking at the track listing now. I can't remember a single solitary second I tell of what you, any of it sounds like. I will I will say I will say this. So anyone who never bothered to check out Kill Your Own, and there'll be fucking loads of you out there because they really had <laughs> dropped from Grace quite a lot by this point. Put on this mess, which is one of the best songs they ever wrote. It's another Paul song. Uh mm. it might even be the best Paul's. No, oh yeah, Oratorio. Yeah. Um but put on this mess. And if you like this mess, then listen to the whole thing. It's it's a, it's a really good record. It's re- it's it is their second best album by comfortably. And and I, quite... I don't think it's far off ideas above your station at all. Okay, uh, so I'm sucking it off. We're gonna marry it then. <laughs> um Well then they released Quick the Word Shark the Action, which was fucking rubbish again. So I've not li- I've definitely not listened to that. Uh, I've never listened to it. Mm might be worse might be even worse than shatterproof it's not a challenge it's really? but it's, it's uh, they've been all over the place under Jesus. yeah well paul left after um yeah. after this own. album after kill your own yeah. and it's sort of quite telling as well i mean this is talk about a drop i mean on mm. ideas above our station they end up headlining brixton academy i believe fuck mm. so they ended ideas above our station with the show at brixton academy which obviously it's 2002 to uh, probably 2003 two years later mm. with two more albums out um they're playing barfly yeah London. yeah yeah i mean talk about a fucking drop barfly is what 300 people max yeah maybe 400 so they've gone from 5,000 to 300 yeah. in the space of like three years might be less than 300 to be honest it's, it's not very big yeah it's not big at all and that that is that is insane isn't it was a bum record though, Shatterproof. Uh, yeah, I mean it's a, a complete disaster for their career. Um, we've been wanging on. We've been wanging on almost as long as a classic album. But do you want to quickly talk about the tenth anniversary tour? Yes, I do actually. So obviously they vanish. Hundred reasons. No one really. I mean, I thought they sort of split up, and no one. And even if they hadn't, no one really gave a fuck. Uh, they. they, they were, I'm sure they went on hiatus. Yeah. 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 Um. So, but they came back. Um. 
with Paul Townsend came back six years after he had left in 2012 for the 10th anniversary shows of Ideas Above Our Station. I believe the first time they played it was it was it heavy or was it because they played the Forum uh, alongside Hell Is for Heroes and Cable. And I was really excited to see Cable, and they were fucking crap that oh. night. They were really yeah. rubbish. It was very disappointing. I actually um, saw the show at the Coronet, not the Forum show, but I okay. sure saw the Coronet show, um, which is a weird venue in Elephant and Castle. Um, and um, did I see Cable? I did see Cable and was just unimpressed, I think. Um, mm. what did they you... were never that good live, sadly, but anyway. Okay. You know, what, did, what, did, what did you Did you see the Forum show? Mm-hmm. what did you think i thought it was excellent okay i thought it was really good um they started with i think they started with remus and they played a whole bunch of like mm-hmm. you know hey here's all of our <laughs> you know they quite wisely decided to play remus and you know the two good songs from shatterproof is not a challenge yeah and they played a couple which i was like i, I, I don't even know what this is but they kind of quite well i don't think they did play cerebra but they might have played something else from did they play something from EP One? I can't remember. Or maybe they did play Cerebra. Uh, but they played. They played. They definitely played Remus. And I was like, this makes sense to give people like, if you're going to give them a sort of, oh, before we play the album, we're going to play like a couple of our other songs. I'm looking. I'm looking at the Coronet one rather than the Forum. But the Coronet, they did four songs from Shatterproof is not a challenge. Harmony, my sympathy, stories with unhappy endings, and what you get. They did play Remus from EP Two. They played four yeah. songs from Kill Your Own. Uh, Broken Hands, Kill Your Own, The Perfect Gift, and This Mess. Probably the four best songs on that record. Uh, and they played one song from Quick, The Word Sharp, The Action, No Way Back, which is probably correct. And then they did the album sort of smack bang in the middle. They they started with seven yeah. seven random yeah. songs. Album in the middle, then encored with three. They encored with Remus at um at uh, Coronet. Don't know about the four, okay. but yeah. yeah. They like that, that. It did take a little while to get going, obviously. But when they started playing Ideas of Our Station, I mean, it was a sort of really good reminder of how good that record is. It's a really, really great I, record. And I've seen I seen them doing it. I don't agree that it took time to get starting uh, get started because they start with Broken Hands, which is fucking amazing. I mean, I'm 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 not I'm dying on this hill. Kill Your Own is almost as good as Ideas Above Our Station. The material from that record is fucking great. So mm. yeah probably let it go now i reckon nope <laughs> no <laughs> no i want people to listen to that record and then and i, I will be receiving tweets after this going oh thanks for telling me about kiro it's fucking amazing yeah. i know it yeah. it's that good it's fucking great okay yeah um well anyway uh once the it was a really good reminder when are you going to apologize to 100 reasons steve <laughs> i'm not going to apologize 100 reasons when are you going to apologize to this podcast <laughs> For hijacking it with an again with a this is fucking futurology by the Man Street Preachers again all over all over the place and it, you've mentioned it's good and rather than going oh that's good you should listen to that and people going oh well, maybe I will you're now bullying them into listening to it. they don't so want to now good. they don't it's want to so they're good. not going to they're not going to because you've gone too far. Um, <laughs> Okay, well, the other bullying thing I'm going to say is as good as 100 Reasons were, Hell is for Heroes were better because the Neon Handshake is better, is a better album than I did above Hill Station. Uh, I disagree with that. I I mean, I thought I actually thought Hell is for Heroes, they, they were able to recreate the live show they used to do with the same intensity. I, I was, I did think Hell is for Heroes were fucking brilliant that night. Mm. Um, and 
uh, and I do remember being like, wow, they don't seem to have aged at all. Whereas yeah. 100 Reasons, they have aged a little bit. 100 Reasons live with the reunion shows. I had a good time in a kind of, it's really nice to see these songs again kind of way. But could I objectively say it was a great show? No. Whereas Hell is for Heroes, objectively, and I saw them a few times with their reunion, were still as good as they were back in the day. And again, I'll die on this hill. The Neon Handshake is a better record than Idols Above Our Station. Um, um, but I, I mean, I saw 100 Reasons doing this album in full three times because I saw them do it at Sonosphere, was, which I imagine you saw as well. Uh, yeah. And was, heavy as well. So heavy I wasn't at, but Sonosphere was um, very flabby and embarrassing, I thought. Yeah, it was a bit flat, wasn't it? Mm. And they didn't. I mean, actually, that was so. That was 2014. So that was a couple of years after this, and it yeah. was a bit weird. Like, why are you just coming back to play this album that again. you played two years ago yeah. to do it again? Yeah. And yeah. you're quite high up there. They were quite high up the bill, they I think, were. as well. Yeah. That song. I think they were on just before Slayer, and so they weren't yes. really. And you know, the kind of Sonosphere crowd on Iron Maiden Day. Yeah. I don't think like it was particularly great. So it was a quite a thin crowd. And I remember in the build-up to Sonosphere again, 2014. I was on the radio looking forward to sonosphere i was like oh we should get you know because they were like i'll oh, do some interviews with people who are going to be playing sonosphere and we spoke to larry hibbert mm. and he was properly like i was like who are you looking forward to seeing at sonosphere and he was like don't know no one really metallica playing aren't they i went yeah he's like yeah just old embarrassing shit band now aren't they like rubbish i'm not really interested i don't know i was like oh are there going to be any more hundreds and stuff after this no i was like did you just not think about writing new material no do you like playing live? No, not really. We just do it for something to do. And I was just like, fucking hell, you have really checked out. Well, it showed like, in their performance. You, they were, it they really were really did, crap yeah. that day. Like really yeah. disappointing. And if you, mm. you know, if you're just going to take the check, then what's the fucking point? Like, I, and, and, yeah. and I'm really, I, I'm harsh on them because I love this band. It's that whole, I'm harsh on metal because I love metal. They weren't great at Sonosphere. I thought they were pretty good at Heavy. Although again, okay. no one really seemed to give a fuck. I mean, I remember mm. going to that forum it's show. far more than crowd was as one well, of, isn't it? Heavy. One far of the, well, they were in between H2O and Madball. So, Ooh. Not so much. Um, <laughs> I take that back. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I mean, I really, I, it was funny because so I was 32 in 2012 when that show happened and i do remember being like this is the first time i feel old because i was looking around and i was like all these people are probably the same age as me mm. not it looks like they're all wearing the t-shirt that they bought on the original ideas above our mm. station tour mm. 10 years ago yeah. and i was a bit like oh fuck like i hope i don't want to i don't want to end up being one of these people mm. who you know who have just Oh, like I, I will watch that band that I liked when I was 19 do the album that I liked when I was 19 in full 10 years later, yeah. but I don't care about anything else. And I looked at it and I was like, this is just, that t-shirt is really faded. That fucking Ruben t-shirt you're wearing, that Biffy Clyro t-shirt you're wearing from the first tour, that mm -hmm. 100 Reasons t-shirt you're wearing from the first tour, that Vacant Stare Metallica Guns N' Roses t-shirt you're wearing <laughs> from that tour is really badly faded and you have put on a bit of weight as well and you don't quite fit into it mm. and you're it's, sort of still dressing like it's this feels know, like a very specific this feels like a specific jibe at me I don't like it no no <laughs> well no, that's not a, you've got a new brand new spanking palm reader t-shirt on do, there yeah hello Got to know when. Got to know when to chuck those t-shirts away. I'm afraid. I mean, if you're going to keep them for posterity, then that's mm. fine. But don't actually mm. wear them out mm. Um, mm. because it just reminds the world of 
how irrelevant you are as a human now. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> We're old and irrelevant and pathetic. And I really felt that at the 100 Reasons gig. I was like, wow, I'm from a different time. And 100 Reasons were like, I, uh, that, you know, they were a new band to me. I'd been listening to music for, or be, like being part of the scene or whatever for a good five or six years before I even heard of fucking 100 Reasons. Yeah. So I felt really old at that gig. Mm-hmm. It was like, it's clear that you have not picked up any new fans in the last 10 years this is pure nostalgia and nothing else and that's kind of sad when you think that this band was so massively hyped and people really really believed that they were going to be you know what lost profits were but here's an interesting one for you though um i mean when hell is for heroes came back and did the anniversary tour i mean they did shepherd's bush empire so have they picked up fans I don't know. I wasn't there. Oh, well, I wasn't. It was fucking great. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I but just... who was there? Who was there? That's the th- this is it. Who was there? Well, it did feel like um, it didn't. It, I didn't feel old there. I mean, obviously there were loads of people there who were who were you know happy to see. I mean, it was um, Hell's for Heroes A and Vex Red, um, and um, uh, you know, uh, all three bands. I, I was kind of like. Oh, A will be a laugh, but you know, I'm not gonna get too invested in it. And Vex Red will be a laugh, but I'm not not a laugh, but Vex Red will be fun, but again, I'm not gonna get too too invested in it. And I ended up I gave it like four out of five on the independent. It was just basically like this should have been just a nostalgia tour for, you know, fat old men like me. But it's so much more than that, you know, and I never really even at the Coronet, which was the best time I saw a hundred reasons on that whole reunion thing. Whilst I, I did enjoy it, but it but it still felt reunion-y. Whereas mm. um, Hellas for Heroes never did for me. Yeah, I mean, I saw Hellas for Heroes play 2000 Trees and I don't know, it feels like that album seems to have t- ha- taken on a little, a little bit more of a life of its own, maybe. Yeah, um, I, I think, think that's think what people, I'm trying to say. Yeah, yeah. Y- yeah, younger people do seem to uh, enjoy... Maybe they've got a... For whatever reason, they've, they've got a reason to sort of look back at that album and go that's quite good but that doesn't seem to be the case so much with 100 reasons like you don't hear people who are like oh i wish i'd been around when ideas above our station came out but like in the same way as you do when oh can you imagine you know seeing at the drive-in or mm. you know refused or mm. oh, i'd love to have seen Glassjaw back in the day when they were on the first album mm. stuff you just don't really get people saying that and those bands are all bands who have kind of vanished and then mm. come back mm. Mm. and i mean again like i've said it a bunch of times when refused played the second night of the forum, it was really, it was a lot of, it was a hell of a lot of people who wouldn't even have been, wouldn't have known what punk rock was when Shape of Punk to Come came out. Mm-hmm. You know, yep. they would have been sort of seven, eight years old, probably a lot of them. They wouldn't have had any interest in alternative music at all. Whereas you go to 100 Reasons show and it was just like, this is exactly the same crowd. And they've just been cryogenically frozen and woken up 10 years later in the same clothes, a bit fatter and a bit balder and a bit, you know, slower um that is probably worth saying i mean it's it's a shame it's taken us this long to get there <laughs> but um as great as this album is it does sound very of its time doesn't it really yeah i guess it does yeah and i you know I, i'm again I'm, I'm not i'm not trying to shove it down your throat too much but i don't think that the neon handshake does and i think that's the reason why it's i think that's the reason why it's prospered personally o- over this record no one Maybe, would have said yeah. it at the time well, I would have, because I was a facetious prick. But um, but very, very few people would have said it at the time. 
but I, I think th- a lot of people I mean that again got really really good really positive reviews yeah it got 4k uh, for the most part yeah 4k's in Kerrang but I think I think um yeah I, th- I think it's definitely dated better and I, and yeah I do I do think it's a much I don't think it's a much better record. I definitely think it's a better record than Ideas Above Our Station, personally. Tierney, thanks very much. There you go. Ideas Above Our Station by 100 Reasons. Basically, doing a, did a sort of semi-classic album on it. <laughs> yeah, um, really fucking did. Fuck me. So, uh, but thanks very much. Um, you know, this will be out for free at some point. Um, if you are listening to this for free, it came out fucking ages ago. A bit like the album that we're talking about. Um, thanks very much. Uh, you can go over to uh, patreon.com forward slash podcast and sign up for more stuff like this. And we will be back next week with another Rioters review. Almost certainly it will be shorter. <laughs> it will be shorter than this. And we'll be back with another bloody classic album too sometime mm. soon. Mm. Opeth or something, I think, as we yeah, sit here is what we've got our, pl- our beady little eyes on. All right, cool. Thanks very much for listening. We will see you soon. Bye now.